If it smells like a tomato, then as you can tell the goodness up. It all starts with, uh, you know, planting the, the right varieties. Good fruit is, as a grower, it's fruit that sells. If we didn't ourselves grow it, we're just looking for the negative when we go to the to the grocery store, and we miss a lot of times the the good because we're only looking for the, for the bad spot, you know, or the bruise or where the apples banged into each other. And, and of course, part of growing organically is you have to accept that you're going to have blemishes and spots on the fruit, but you're 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 eating that particular fruit because of its relative purity is a way of putting it. All right, boy, I love that song before that bumper video. Freedom is here. Wow, if that didn't kind of rock your boat, I guess it's in ice or something. I don't know, but uh, that really should have got you going. I hope I didn't sing too loud. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to <clears throat> speak after that. That was, that was great. I am so glad to see you here today. When Chris told me a couple months ago, said, Neil, you're going to be preaching on the 4th of July just on a Sunday. I said, well, me and five friends uh, will be here on that Sunday, but it is so good to see and so glad to have everybody here who's joining us uh, online on Fraser Television. Would you just give them a warm welcome this morning? You know, as we do um, every week, we want to pray for a church in our community, for a church family, and we thought it'd be so appropriate today uh, to pray for the chapel at uh, Maxwell Air Force Base. And especially we're thinking about Chaplain Kathy Scott, who is there. There may be other chaplains as well. And a great day for us to think about our chaplains who are serving um, in the armed forces and chapels. Some of you may have served um, in the military and worshipped at some of those chapels. I know I had opportunities in different places where I have served to go into the chapels um, to do weddings, unfortunately to do some funerals, and uh, to be there and to worship um, with the folks there. So it's a wonderful, wonderful ministry. And so we want to lift them up today. So will you join me in a word of prayer? Let's pray. Oh Lord, today we come before you and we lift up to you the chapel at uh, Maxwell Air Force Base, and we lift up to you uh, Chaplain Scott and other chaplains that are there, other chaplains serving throughout our country, and indeed serving throughout the world, and uh, the chapels that we have on uh, so many of our bases. And uh, Lord, I know those chaplains oftentimes have to deal with very difficult um, situations. So we pray your blessings upon them and upon uh, the congregation that's here. You just bless them in their ministry and in their work. And as they share together, I know a lot of people coming and going, people from different places of the world. So we just pray your special blessings upon them and upon us, Lord, just now as we share together in this time in your word. Uh, may your Holy Spirit come upon us in a wonderful way that we might discern what it is you would say to us today. and We might be able to apply your word to our life, that we might be challenged challenged and encouraged and feel your presence for all this we pray in the strong name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and all God's people said amen amen well we are continuing with uh, this series on sustain on the fruit of the spirit and today we are talking about goodness goodness. And I want to share with you this passage of scripture that comes from Matthew uh, chapter 19 uh, verses 16 through 22. Just then a man came up to Jesus and he asked him, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. 
Which ones? He inquired. And Jesus replied, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. And love your neighbor as yourself. All these things I've kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? And Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Goodness. Being good. When you think about the word good, what comes to your mind? You know, Chris and I were talking about serving churches that had children's sermon. You ever been to a church that had a children's sermon where they come up front, usually use an object lesson, put something, you know, in front of them to, to talk about? It's amazing at the close of the service, you can ask the congregation, tell me what the sermon was about. A lot of them won't remember, but they'll remember that object lesson. <laughs> I remember that stuffed squirrel you had up there or that bowling ball or something like that. They'll remember that. So anyway, I have some object lessons for us. I hope this isn't the only thing that you remember from the sermon today. But as I was thinking about good, what came to my mind was, how about a Mr. Good Bar? Yeah? You like those? I like those. Don't, yeah, I'm not giving it away. I'm saving this for later on. Yeah, everybody wants my Mr. Goodbar. Uh, made in Hershey, Pennsylvania, close to where I, I grew up. Love of a good Mr. Goodbar. How about these? Anybody had some of these? Good and plenty. Some of you may not even know what they are. It's a licorice candy with a candy coating on them. They're pink and white. And uh, boy, I always love some, some good and plenty. Like sneaking these into the movie theater. Shh, didn't to, to say that. But I like sneaking, you know, and since you're watching the movie to eat some of the, the good and plenty. Oh, how about this? I have a can of Campbell's soup. Does anybody remember what they used to say about Campbell's soup? It's mmm, mmm, good. That's right. It even says so right here on the label. Mmm, good. Uh, that's what it says. So I thought about some of those things when I was thinking about um, being, being good. Um, so <laughs> what do you do? How, how can I be good? I know my parents asked a lot, how can we make you good as I was growing up? You know, when report cards came out, I, I was never really fearful for my grades in English and reading and math and science and those things. I always did well, but there was one little grade that always worried me. That was the conduct grade. Yeah, I don't know if they still do that or not, but we got a conduct grade, and unfortunately, mine usually was not good. I mean, I wasn't real bad in school. I would just talk a lot, imagine that, and uh, would just play around, shoot spitballs, those kind of things, you know, just enough to, to get me in a little bit of trouble. And uh, so my conduct grade was not good. I was feared what my parents were going to do with that conduct grade. And then when Christmas time came, I really kind of got nervous. Because, you know, if you want to get some gifts, you've got to be good. Um, you remember what the song says, he sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, he knows if you've been bad or good, so be good, for goodness sake. I don't know, in Pennsylvania what you got if you were bad was a bucket of coal was what you got as a, a gift for Christmas. So I worried about being good. You know, and sometimes we worry about being good enough to be children of God. A am I good enough for God to love me? Am I good enough to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, how can I be good? 
Now, the scriptures are full of talking about good and about the goodness of God. Jesus said in that passage, there is no one good except for God. God is good. And we say that God is good all the time and all the time God is good. In the very beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, after each day of creations, what did God say? And it was good. There was evening, there was morning, another day, and it was good. Even on the sixth day, God said it was very good after all of that. Um, at the dedication of the temple, after Solomon built the temple and they were dedicating it, he said these words, God is good and his love endures forever. God is good, his love endures forever. It's repeated again in Psalm 100, verse 5. I like Psalm 34, 8 that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. We talk about the gospels and what they are. Do you know what the word gospel means? Good news, good news. We have good news that we are called to take and carry out. And I like the passage too in James 1:17, where it says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. So every good and perfect gift comes from above. So we know there is a lot of good out there and God is good, but the reality for us is none of us are born good. None of us are good enough. Um, listen to Psalm 53, verse 3. Everyone has turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. No one who does good. It's picked up again by Paul in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, where he says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none of us good. There is none of us good enough. But the good news this morning is you don't have to be. You don't have to be because God accepts you as you are, right where you are. And then when we receive him in our, into our lives, when we receive the Holy Spirit and he begins working us, he begins to transform us so that then we can become good and be good and do more good things. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. A good tree brings forth good fruit, and God can transform that tree into bearing good fruit. Matthew 12, verses 33 and 35, we find these words. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. See, it, it comes from inside. Okay, that's where this goodness, that's where the good comes from. And we have to allow God to transform us from the inside out so that we can bear good fruit. Now, all this talking about being good is really not what this fruit is. It doesn't say in the fruit of the Spirit is to be good. It says goodness. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness, or sometimes it's translated generosity. Generosity. This is a character feature of God, God's goodness. It's doing good toward others, not ourselves, not so much being good as it is doing good. It urges us to help others, to meet people's needs right where they are, to be selfless and not 
selfish, using our resources to help others. You see, it's a shifting of our focus from ourself to those around us and to the needs that are around us. You see, that was the rich man's problem. Uh, he was concerned about himself. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, what commandments must I keep? I've kept those commandments since I was a child. And then when God said, give away all you have to others to help meet people's needs and then come follow me, he couldn't do it because they had a hold on him. Doing good, meeting the needs of others where they are. That's a part of our life and who we are. In uh, the Methodist way, in uh, Wesley's teaching, he talked about three simple, three general rules. First of all, to do no harm, and then to do good, and then to stay in love with God. To do good, do good. That's part of who we are and who God has called us to be. This is one thing that John Wesley wrote about being good. He said, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Do all the good you can. That's who we are. And that's who Jesus was. Jesus had that same character trait in his own life to do good, to meet the needs of other people. Now, we think about him and the miracles and the great things he did, but he also met common needs of folks. He met people right where they were. I'm reading through the Bible in a year. I'm in Acts chapter 10 in the New Testament reading that I'm doing. And this is a story about Peter and Cornelius. Cornelius is a Gentile, and he comes and seeks out Peter to come speak to him. As Peter is sharing with him about Jesus, this is what he says. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good. He went about doing good and healing. So God anointed him. God empowered him to do good. Think about the woman at the well. He met her right where she was and sought to meet her needs. She was looking for physical water. He was offering her spiritual water, living water. Think about the woman caught in adultery. Jesus had compassion upon her. Let he who's without sin cast the first stone. He could have cast a stone. He was without sin. And yet he said, where are your accusers? She said, they're all gone. He says, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. He felt compassion. Even from the cross, with his mother standing there, John standing there, he said, Mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. He had compassion. I share some scripture with you that talks about this compassion of Jesus in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 9, verses 36 through 38. It says, When he saw the crowds, meaning Jesus, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Oh, there are many needs out there. There's so many people. There's so many that are lost, like sheep without a shepherd. We need to send out people into the field. That's us. That's us. And again, in Mark chapter 6, this is right at the leading into the feeding of the 5,000. It says, then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, he said to his disciples, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. Let us get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them, and they ran on foot from all the towns and actually got there ahead of them. 
And when Jesus landed and he saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. And by this time, it was late in the day. His disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already very late. Send the people away so they can go get something from the countryside and villages. Buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered them, you give them something to eat. Give them something to eat. Jesus felt compassion. He met people where they were. He saw their needs. That's what God's calling us. That's what this fruit of goodness is about. You see, we live in a world that is full of darkness, don't we? We don't have to look very far. Just turn on the news, and you'll see all the darkness is that, that's around there. Look at our own city and the violence and, and uh, um, the disunity and everything that is going on. There's so much darkness. We are called to be light bearers in this darkness. How do you get rid of darkness? Do you yell at it, hey, dark, get out of here? Do you try and fight it and beat it away? Do you blow on it? What do you do? The way you dispel darkness is by bringing light. You bring light, and that's what we are called to do, to bring light into darkness. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. You see, evil loves darkness, but goodness loves the light. Perhaps that's why Jesus, so many of his healings were the restoring of sight to the blind. People living in darkness then could see the light. In the Gospel of John, at the very beginning of the first chapter, he says, the light has come into the world, and the light is coming, and the darkness has not overwhelmed it, has not overcome the light. But he goes on to say that we are called to be light bearers ourselves. Matthew chapter 5, I know it says chapter 6 in your bulletin, but it's chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl, but instead they put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We all know that little song, this is the light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Are you? Are you letting it shine? Are you letting the light of God shine through you to dispel the darkness that is all around us? There is a uh, wonderful song uh, written by, I believe, Chris Rice, uh, entitled, Go Light Your World. I believe we sang that here at one of our annual conferences with some combined choirs, but listen to some of these powerful words. There is a candle in every soul, some brightly burning, some dark and cold. There is a spirit who brings the fire and ignites a candle and makes his home. So carry your candle. Run to the darkness. Seek out the hopeless, confused and torn. Hold out your candle for all to see it. And take your candle. Go light your world. Frustrated brother. See how he's tried to light his candle some other way. See now your sister. She's been robbed and lied to. She still holds her candle without a flame. So carry your candle. Run to the darkness. Seek out the hopeless, the tired and worn. Hold out your candle for all to see it. Take your candle and go light your world. Oh, there's so much darkness and we are called to be bearers of the light. That's part of this fruit of goodness, bearing light in a darkened world. But also we recognize out there in this world, there are so many needs. 
So many people that are hurting. So many people that just need someone to share some good news with them. So many people that just need someone to listen to them. Someone who just um, need their, their basic needs of life met. And all we have to do is we have to open our eyes. Open our eyes to see it, but not just our physical eyes, to open the eyes of our heart. Because sometimes what we see is actually not what that person needs. They need something else. And it can be something very simple, something very, very easy. Um, I can remember hearing about some people who, during this heat of the summer, think about the garbage collectors. (laughs) They're out there in the hot sun all day. And when they hear the truck coming, they quick get some cold bottled water and carry it out to them or some frozen popsicles and take it to them. They see a need and they just meet it. Not that they were asked to do anything. It's a story in Acts about Peter and John going into the temple and seeing a man and providing for what he needed. Acts chapter 3 verses 1 through 8. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. About three in the afternoon. And now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said, look at us. The man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them, and Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk, walk. And taking him by the hand, he helped him up. And instantly his his feet and his ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet. He began to walk. And then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Gold and silver we don't have, but what we have we give to you. Now, a lot of people say, "I I don't have a lot of material things. I don't have a lot of money to give. It doesn't matter. We can give what we have. Think about the little boy with... Five loaves, two fish, 5,000 people. (laughs) What's that going to do? But he gave what he had. Again, it may be just a listening ear. It may be a shoulder. It may be someone to pray with them, to give, to meet the needs of those around us. That's what goodness is about. So my question for you today is, where is God calling you to give and serve? Where is God calling you to use this fruit of goodness with the people around you? Ask God to open your eyes. Ask God to open your heart. And then be willing to be obedient, whatever it is. Maybe it takes some of your time. Maybe it does take some of your uh, material possessions that you have. What is the need? How can I meet it? I want to close uh, with a beautiful story um, about going to the circus. I, I read this story in Chicken Soup for the Soul. It was called A Second Serving. That was just the second book written. Now there's a plethora of Chicken Soup for the Soul. But I read this story, and it talks so eloquently about giving. He says, you know, my father and I, we were standing in line to buy tickets to go into the circus. And we've been looking forward to this day, and we were talking softly to one another about what we were going to do and what we were going to see. And finally, we were the second ones in line. There was only one family in front of us in the ticket window. And this family had made such an impression on me. You see, there were eight children. The dad and the mom were in the front of the line. These eight children, all under the age of 12, and you could tell they were not well-to-do. Their, their clothes were worn, but they, they were clean and neat, and the children were so well-behaved. They stood two by two by two, each one holding the person's hand next to them. And they were talking and chattering about, oh, what they were going to see, the, the lions and the tigers and the trapeze and the clowns and all these things. And dad and mom were in the front of the line, mom holding 
his hand, looking at him like he was her knight in shining armor, so excited about being able to take the children to the circus. So when he got to the window, he said to the lady, I would like to buy two adult tickets and eight children's tickets to the circus. She told him the amount. The wife let go of his hand, and she looked down at her feet. His lip began to quiver, and he said, can you tell me the amount again? And when he heard it, he realized, I don't have enough money. How am I going to tell the children that we can't go to the circus? Well, my dad, standing there with me, saw what was going on. Uh, he saw what was happening, and so quickly he took the $20 bill that was in his hand. He crumbled it up and threw it on the ground. And he said, hey, mister, sir, I, I think you dropped that on the ground. And he went, and he reached down, and he picked it up, and he put it in the man's hands. He grasped his hand and just lip spoke the words, thank you, with a tear coming down his eye. And they bought their tickets, and they went to the circus. But my dad and I, we just got out of line and went back to our car because that was our money to go to the circus. But you know, I didn't really mind because I found out about where true joy comes from that day. It's in giving. It's in showing compassion. It's in meeting the needs of other people. It's in sharing that fruit of goodness. How about you? Where's God calling you to give and to serve? Lord, open our hearts, open our eyes that we might see and we might share your goodness with others. Because you see, it's a reflection of the goodness that God has shown to us, isn't it? God saw our need. He saw we were broken. He saw we were lost. He saw our need for a savior and so he came and dwelt among us and offered his life upon a cross to meet that need so that we might be made right, so that we might be forgiven, so that we might not have to walk in that darkness anymore. And now he calls us to go, to be his hands and feet and to serve those around us. May God help us through the fruit of goodness to meet the needs of those we see each and every day. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, in just a moment, Chris is going to come up and lead us in Holy Communion. Last week, he reminded us as he was sharing about kindness, how important it is to remember, to remember what God has done for us. We remember God's goodness toward us. And as we celebrate Holy Communion and share the bread and the cup, we can remember God's goodness that he gave himself for us so that we might give ourselves for others. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, thank you. Thank you for the goodness that you have shown to us. We are not worthy. There's none of us good, yet that didn't deter you. Uh, you loved us and you met us right where we were. Thank you for that. And Lord, help us as we have experienced your goodness in our own lives to go and share that goodness with others. Whatever the need may be, whatever the hurt may be, whatever the darkness may be, help us to go forth to give of ourselves in the name of Jesus Christ. In his holy name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen.